The following presentation of the Jaguars Podcast Network is presented by ViStar Credit Union. There is a measure of irony in Mark Lamping's role in Jacksonville. The Jaguars president is a St. Louis native and was the president of the Cardinals baseball club during the NFL's expansion derby in the early 1990s. Lamping eyed the race through the lens of a civic leader who wanted what was best for his hometown. What he couldn't know at that time was how the decision to give the Jaguars to Jacksonville instead of the Stallions to St. Louis would impact the course of his life. This is Perspectives, the story of the Jaguars' first 25 seasons told by the people who built the franchise. This is Mark Lamping. No one gave Jacksonville a chance at the 30th franchise. When Commissioner Paul Tagliabue announced Carolina as the 29th team in late October 1993, but didn't announce the 30th franchise that day, it was a clear sign that the decks were being cleared for St. Louis. Shocked is is probably not strong enough of a word. Um, the uh, Chicago Cardinals relocated to St. Louis in 1960. The Chicago Cardinals are uh, one of the oldest franchises in the National Football League, dating back to the uh, 1893 to 1894, something like that. Late 1800s, obviously. And they moved to St. Louis. And then they left St. Louis uh, in 1987. And it was devastating. And then immediately, uh, the community started to, to try to figure out how can we get the NFL back into St. Louis. One of the persons that led that effort was a gentleman by the name of Jerry Clinton. Jerry Clinton was the Anheuser-Busch wholesaler for St. Louis County. He was also, you know, a very prominent citizen uh, in St. Louis and nationally, you know, was, was also well-known because he was actually a, a race car driver as well. And um, uh, he, had a, he had a partner um, in, in his race team uh, who was a fairly, uh, fairly famous football player by the name of Walter Payton. So uh, Walter and Jerry uh, created this idea of uh, bringing a, an NFL team to St. Louis uh, they got into the expansion uh, uh, process. Uh, so you had a, a prominent uh, St. Louisan teamed up with a, a former, very famous, very well-respected uh, former NFL player in Walter Payton. And through a lot of hard work, through a lot of effort, uh, they finally put together uh, a funding plan to build uh, a, uh, a dome stadium in downtown St. Louis. So that got rid of uh, the angst in St. Louis about the football team moving out to St. Louis County. So stadium was under construction. Jerry Clinton had control of this lease of, uh, for the stadium because they had done all the work to get, the, to, to get the, uh, the, the financing of the stadium put together, which required financing from the state of Missouri, the city of St. Louis, and St. Louis County. And things were rolling, rolling right along. Uh, St. Louis was continuing to make the cut in terms of uh, uh, the expansion teams. You know, as, as those were narrowed, St. Louis still stayed there. Um, one of the NFL's biggest sponsors at the time, uh, and even to this day, and one of the more uh, uh, one, of, one of the the biggest sponsors with individual NFL teams, uh, Anheuser Busch, was very very aggressive in terms of advocating on behalf of of uh, the city of St. Louis to, with then. Uh, Commissioner Paul Tagliabue, and uh, it looked like it was a sure thing. And then I believe what happened was, I think the original expansion 
the uh, price was like 150 million. I think it may have been 125. Then they bumped it up to 150, and then they bumped it up to 200 million dollars after Jerry paid what he did for the Cowboys. I think that, that I'm not certain, but I think that was the sequence of events that occurred. And all of a sudden, while he was very well funded, uh, Jerry Clinton, uh, they didn't have the capacity to be able to um, to be able to make that work. So now all of a sudden, you had a new state, a, a funding in place for a new stadium in St. Louis. And think, in fact, I think the stadium was under construction. Um, you had a what appeared to be a really good owner teamed up with a former NFL player, a really good combination. And now all of a sudden, they don't have the financial capacity to pay the additional fifty or hundred million dollars, whatever that increment was. And I think at that point, I think there was actually some behind the scenes. Uh, overtures to Wayne Weaver to see if Wayne would move his interest to St. Louis because Wayne spent many many years in St. Louis as head of as a head of Brown Shoe, uh, but you know um, you know uh, uh, thankfully and not surprisingly, you know Wayne uh, uh, was very loyal to to Jacksonville. So um, the city of St. Louis didn't uh, found themselves in a situation where they didn't have an owner, uh, and they decided they needed to go get. A deeper-pocketed owner, and they put together a bunch of of uh, old guard in St. Louis, and actually recruited a very wealthy um, individual who lived in mid-state in uh, uh, mid-Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. His name was Stan Kroenke, and they brought Stan Kroenke in because Stan had an interest in football and was very wealthy. So now you had Stan Kroenke coming in with a lot of uh, you know old St. Louis money the old guard in St. Louis. And all of a sudden, Jerry Clinton is wondering, you know, what just happened? So he, he did all the work to get the stadium uh, built. Uh, he did all the work to move St. Louis along through the expansion process. And now there's a new entity that shows up uh, because Jerry didn't have all the money. But what Jerry had that was very, very valuable was control of the stadium. He had the lease for the stadium. So you went through a period where this new group that Stan Kroenke was a part of, Stan was recruited to be a part of it, negotiating with Jerry Clinton, the Anheuser-Busch wholesaler, and his partner, uh, Walter Payton, uh, to be able to uh, get control of, of the stadium lease. And uh, once again, uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't resolve it. You know, Jerry thought it was worth a significant amount of money. The new, new owners d- didn't see it that way. And all of a sudden, you had chaos in St. Louis. And it was during that period that the, the expansion vote was getting very close. They actually had the vote. Uh, it was supposed to be for both teams and uh, ended up uh, awarding uh, the first expansion slot uh, to, uh, to Charlotte and then decided to delay on the, on the second. I think they delayed for 30 days. And what they what they were basically doing was giving St. Louis the last opportunity to try to get their house in order, and uh, you know it was it was a foregone conclusion. I, mean, I was I was uh, uh, I had just been named uh, president of the of the Cardinals, the baseball Cardinals at that time, and you know we were we were well down down the line in terms of uh, negotiating uh, for the baseball stadium uh, to be the temporary home of the team while the stadium football stadium was being completed. Uh, the team name was picked out. It was the St. Louis Stallions. The colors were picked out. They even had the fight song that was being broadcast all the time. So to to say that it was a surprise in St. Louis, retrospectively, it shouldn't have been a surprise. 
you know, because it was St. Louis's to win, and they lost it. But then you look back, uh, you know, you know, back over that situation, and uh, the NFL made the right decision, you know, to believe in Jacksonville, to believe in in the fans, and you know, if not for, you know, the the, the infighting and the fumbling that occurred in my hometown. Um, you know, Jacksonville would not have an NFL team, and I and, and my wife and I, our family, never would have been blessed to have the opportunity to live here. Lamping focused on St. Louis, the Cardinals, and building a new baseball stadium until 2008, when he moved to New York to lead the efforts to build MetLife Stadium. A phone call, ironically routed through the Gateway City, brought him to an interesting place. Well, it's a it's it's a, again another story that. Uh, uh, bisect St. Louis. Um, you know, before uh, Ashad had the privilege to to purchase the the Jaguars, um, he was working on buying the St. Louis Rams, and went through an extended period of time in um, um, in negotiating and all the due diligence that would be a part of it. And it's interesting once again the name Stan Kroenke comes into play here. Uh, the um, Georgia Frontieri had passed away, um, the owner of the team. Uh, her estate um, uh, desired to sell the team. Uh, Stan Kroenke was a minority owner of the team and had an option to purchase the team. Um, it didn't appear as though he was going to exercise that option. And over the course of of many months, I think it was almost as much as, as 18 months uh, Shad was doing due diligence on the purchase of the uh, of the St. Louis Rams, and during that during that process, um, you know he 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 also was be, began to be thinking about how he might staff uh, the Rams, and uh, you know this goes back to 2010 2011 I believe, and uh, I had left St. Louis. I was president of the Cardinals from 1994 to 2008. I had just left to go to New York. And so Shad was in St. Louis a couple years later. Um, he was he was talking to people about, uh, you know, trying to fill, um, uh, you know, the president's position to run the day-to-day business uh, operations of the Rams. And uh, somebody had suggested to him that, you know, maybe I would be interested in, in coming back from New York to St. Louis. Um, I think everybody knows how that story ends. Uh, Shad ends up not buying the Rams, Dan Kroenke. You know, at the very end of his option period, uh, exercised his right to uh, to buy the Rams, and then Shad uh, ends up in a conversation uh, not that long after that uh, uh, with Wayne Weaver, and uh, um, um, the negotiations go very quickly. Uh, this would have been, um, you know, the end of uh, 2011, so early 2012. Uh, Shad closes on the purchase of the of the Jaguars, and a few weeks after that, uh, you know, I received a call uh, from a third party asking me if I'd be number one interested in meeting Shad Khan. I had not met him before, and if I'd be interested in uh, coming down to Jacksonville to talk to him about you know joining his his team that he was putting together to uh, uh, to run the uh, run the Jaguars. So Shad and I had had not met before 2012. Um, I obviously was well aware of him, you know, because his 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 reputation, you know, is sterling, and it, and uh, 
Um, everybody, everybody, everybody knew who he was in the sports world. Uh, so I was, I was really, really fortunate. You know, once again, you have uh, something that ties back to St. Louis that, you know, you know, had Shad uh, uh, purchased uh, the St. Louis Rams first. I, I think that would have been that would have been, you know, wonderful for St. Louis. You know, really, in in some respects, um, the biggest loss to what happened, you know, with the Rams um, and 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 Shad's attempt to buy the team that ultimately led to the Rams relocating to Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in St. Louis, and, you know, still still have very close ties back there, still have family there. And in many respects, I think the big, the biggest loss for St. Louis was not losing the NFL team. It was not losing the Rams. The biggest loss to St. Louis was losing the opportunity to have Shad Khan as part of that community. And it was, uh, you know, through, through, through those circumstances, you know, Shad ends up uh, owning uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I was really, really fortunate to, to be asked to, to be a part of it. And, um, you know, what, what Shad means to, to this community, you know, really speaks for itself. The challenge was distinct and very obvious. But what was clear to Lamping the first time the two men met was Khan's drive to build something unique, something special. It was really Shad's vision. I mean, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk specifics. You know, there, if we did talk any specifics, it had more to do with, you know, things related to the stadium and, you know, uh, operational aspects, the business side of, of football. But when I walked away from that conversation... It was clear that that Shad had really, really high ambitions, and that he was fully committed to not just maintaining the status quo, uh, but to really grow, um, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars to to make them a very special uh, franchise. And his commitment to Jacksonville was also uh, very clear. So while while you know the strategy and the tactics really weren't discussed at that time. The objectives were, and the objectives were that we're going to be a stable, we're going to be a growing, we're going to be a dominant and a well-respected uh, sports franchise. And uh, I don't think you could say that that the team that Shad bought were all those things at the time. It was not, uh, but it was clear that you know that was Shad's. Uh, it really wasn't his vision; it was his expectation. And one way or the other, that's going to, you know, that was going to happen. And, 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 you know, when I left my first discussion with them, it was, uh, it was, uh, it, it was with great excitement because, um, you know, you had somebody that was, that was, that was committed, that was willing to do, you know, what it took to achieve and to meet those objectives. And, uh, it was just a really nice, pleasant guy to be around. So, um, it was, a. Uh, it was a it was a really fortunate trip that uh, you know, I was up in New York. I flew down on a Friday. I met with Shad. Um, you know, we 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 had a home down in in the Jupiter area from the years that I was with the Cardinals. That's where Cardinals had spring training. So as the weather turned cold up in New York, you know, uh, you know, my wife would report uh, to spring training about two months ahead of the pitchers and catchers. <laughs> And then I would uh, I would commute down on weekends. So you know she drove from Jupiter up to uh, up to Jacksonville. We met here. I met with Chad on Friday. We hung, we hung around that weekend to get a sense for the community. I had never been to Jacksonville 
before both of us had been to Amelia Island, but neither one of us had spent any time in Jacksonville. So we got we took the opportunity to get to know the community a little bit, and it was uh, it was a really really fortunate turn of events for me and my family. More perspectives following this from Vistar Credit Union. At Vistar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join Vistar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. To be blunt, Lamping was looking at an enormous job. The Jaguars were a mess on the field, but the problems extended far beyond football to a business model that had to be broken in order to be fixed. Somehow, it didn't seem like an obstacle. It seemed like an opportunity, and one he didn't want to miss. You know, the idea of being able to work for somebody like Shaw. I mean, there's, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to work for you know, some of the best owners in sports, you know, the, the Bush family, uh, the Mara family, um, uh, Woody Johnson, uh, the DeWitt family. So some r- real, really top-notch, been very lucky to, uh, to work for those types of owners. Not everybody is that lucky. You know, there, there, there are some owners that uh, are really difficult to work for. Um, so, you know, the idea of, of you know, being able to, to work for Shad, um, and also, the, you know, the only thing I was really concerned about in, in coming down here, and, 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 and Shad allayed those fears the first time I met him, I was just wondering whether it, it would be enough, you know, just working for a football team in Jacksonville, Florida, you know. Uh, because I, I mean, I worked for a very prominent, very, you know, nationally and internationally acclaimed baseball team in St. Louis, president of St. Louis Cardinals for 14 years. And as I got near the end of that, it, it didn't seem like there was enough on the horizon to, you know, I want to continue to be challenged. I want to continue to learn. I think those are things that, you know, help, you know, keep us young as, as we age, you know, as I age, certainly. And my only concern was, would, would it get, bo- would it, you know, would I get bored down here? And after talking with Shad, you know, the idea to be able, you know, not only focus on fixing the, our base business, which is uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. First and foremost, we're a football team. That will always be the most important thing. But then the idea of knowing, you know, you know what I did know about opportunities here at the stadium, uh, the idea to be able to be creative, to, to be able to work in an environment where you can be creative and, and, and try to come up with new solutions to old problems and to have an owner that um, you know believes in investing in the team and also believes that the only reason you make investments is to make a return the alternative doesn't last very long so um, first the London initiative was very really exciting from a career perspective Um, shots purchase of the Fulham Football Club um, is very interesting from a career perspective um, being much more aggressive in terms of getting into the entertainment business, specifically the music business, uh, with Daly's Place, and now a real focus on uh, development here in Jacksonville. 
and particularly as it relates to the Jacksonville development, the shipyards in Lot J, along with Daly's Place, to be able to do something that you know not only w- is very important for the long-term uh, viability of, of the football team here in, in Jacksonville, but it also gives you the opportunity to do something very special for this community and for downtown. And those types of opportunities don't, don't come along every day where you can do something that is really, really um, supportive of your business goals but then you also have this huge ancillary benefit of doing something outstanding for the community. In November of 2012, Khan began to share his expansive vision for the Jaguars with the city of Jacksonville. The commitment to play games in London initially put the fan base on its heels. They were worried about the future of their team. But six games in seven years into the Jaguars' relationship with the United Kingdom, the tie to London has become one of Jacksonville's strongest bonds. The early plowing the ground was done by uh, the National Football League, and and, and to this to this day, um, you know the London strategy from a football perspective um, is really driven by the league and the international committee. Now, our role is really really important because not only are we serving the league in its in its uh, attempt to develop uh, the UK as a as a as an NFL market. Uh, but also to be able to to uh, uh, gain some knowledge as to how how will that market respond uh, to the repeated appearances of a team. Okay, so uh, one of the real benefits of of the Jaguars um, uh, playing in, in 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 London each year is first we're helping out the league. Second, we're helping out ourselves uh, because the the obvious economic. Uh, benefit of playing there versus that game being played here in Jacksonville, and third, our ability to work hand in hand with hand with the league in terms of of how we develop uh, uh, the market. So we have, you know, four full time Jaguar employees that are that are based in London. Um, you know, we've gone from you know pretty much an afterthought of a franchise throughout the UK uh, to uh, to in the top ten in terms of popularity, uh, and that continues to grow. Um, uh, we've gotten very involved in the community in London, just as we do here in Jacksonville, working very hard uh, uh, on charitable activities, principally focusing on uh, fighting uh, uh, childhood obesity and doing it in a way uh, that uh, you know young boys and girls in the UK are learning about American football. So we've introduced something called a jag tag, uh, which is basically flag football. Uh, but you know, there's thousands of, of of children that are playing this through their elementary schools. Uh, it has spread, um, started in London. It has spread outside London. Uh, you know, we uh, support it very aggressively from a funding standpoint, um, and also we we actually have a partnership with the uh, with the British government where they actually fund this program. So it it, it was it it was difficult uh, at first because anytime you go into a new market, you have to. You know, you're going to make a lot of mistakes just because you you know you're not you're not wise to the ways of of that particular community. Uh, but you know, over the years we've been going there, you know, it seems like a, a second home for us without any question. You know, I'm I'm over there, uh, you know, once a month. I'm actually flying there this afternoon, and and I'm coming back a day and a half later. So it's it's a it's a flight, but it's not like you know you can't get there and have a couple meetings and then come back the next morning. Um, and it's 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 
it's it's from a career perspective, and, and I'm not talking about by me here, but it, it it makes working for the Jacksonville Jaguars so much more interesting and appealing to people who are thinking about joining this organization. And you know, we're only going to be as good as the as as the the quality of the people that we're able to to uh, recruit and uh, attract and develop here with the Jaguars. And the idea that we're involved in so many different things with London, you know, being close to the top of the list, it really makes this organization much more interesting for people to to join than it would be if we were just, you know, another uh, NFL team that happened to be located in the state of Florida. That their commitment has been questioned, truthfully, is constantly questioned, is just part of life in the NFL's smallest market, one with unique challenges that require innovative solutions. Still, for a guy from the show-me state, it would be nice if people would look at what they've done. Jacksonville, in terms of its own somewhat self-paranoia, reminds me a lot of my hometown in St. Louis. St. Louis is the same way. I think because it's a smaller market, you know, we're all, always sort of looking over our shoulder a little bit and you know, wondering you know, when that that next storm is going to appear. And I, th- I think that applies to people's view of, of the football team because the, uh, you know, the Jaguars arrived here against all odds. And this, the commu- this community, and specifically ja- NFL and Jaguar fans, you know, were put through a lot, through a lot at the beginning in terms of if you don't do this, we're not going to get an NFL team. If you don't buy 11,000 club seats over the course of a couple weeks, then we're not going to get an NFL team. I think the community for a long time felt they were always being used, whether it was the Oilers coming down here and, um, you know, the Jacksonville was always the city you'd go to to negotiate to get the deal you really want in a different city. And then I think think the team, you know, inflicted some of it on the community as well, where – you know, there there wasn't um, an absence of talk about, well, if we don't sell these tickets, then bad things are going to happen. The games aren't going to be on TV. The team may relocate. And I don't I don't I, I, I don't know that there was ever, you know, really clear evidence of the level of the commitment, although I know it know it certainly you know, it existed. So so the fans went through a lot. Now, Shad comes in and is very clear in terms of what his goals are. In fact, one of the early things that, that, that uh, was determined was we're not, all the games are going to be on TV. We don't care whether we have to buy the tickets or not. We're not going to hold the, the, the broadcast of the Jaguars game, home game over the heads of our fans. Um, and and uh, then, he, then he focused on investing and you know we don't own the stadium, but you know Shad has invested just in the stadium alone, well in excess of a hundred million dollars of his money in the stadium. And then we um, develop a structure with the London game that really is was designed and has worked out to be a win-win, both for the Jaguars in London and locally here uh, for uh, for Jacksonville in terms of awareness. In terms of economic development, in terms of, of additional tourism uh, benefits, all those things have accrued. All those benefits have accrued to Jacksonville as part of this 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 uh, London strategy. And then you have the big investment in Daly's place, and then you have um, a commitment 
to invest you know, hundreds of millions of dollars more in downtown Jacksonville through the shipyards in Lot J. And then somebody asks you, well, you're moving the team. You know, it's, I mean, we're, you know, we live in the criticism business. If you work for a professional sports team, uh, that's, you're, you're always getting criticized because there's no perfect team, you know. Uh, there's, there, there's always room to improve. And people talk about our business all the time. You know, just turn on, you know, radio here in, in, uh, in uh, Jacksonville. And if you're, if you're listening to a sports talk station, you know, 80% of the discussion throughout the entire year, not just during the football season, the entire year is going to be about football. And of that 80%, you know, 70% of it's going to be talking about the Jaguars. Uh, so, um, you know, it, it's, you know, I've said, I, I, I guess I have the benefit of, of having worked in sports for a long time. So I sort of under, understand that. And, you know, you, 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 you should have really thick skin as it relates to this, you know, these types of things. Um, you know, and, and nobody feels sorry for you that you work for a professional sports team. There's not a person here in Jacksonville that, you know, would reach out, oh, you know, the burden you have of having to work for the local NFL team. That just doesn't happen, okay? So people don't feel sorry for you, nor should they. Um, and then, you know, the, when you're actually writing big checks, and this is Shad, when Shad's writing big checks, and uh, all, all, all he's ever asked and all as an organization we've ever asked is judge us by our actions, not by, you know, what some uninformed pundit, you know, out of New York or Los Angeles may write. Judge us based on what we say, but more importantly, judge us by what we do. And then, you know, sometimes you'll get those questions. And, and yeah, I, I, can, I can see how Shad and others would tire of that very quickly. What the Jaguars did is what they said they were going to do. They attacked problems looked for new solutions, didn't blame their poor record or customers, and waited for their effort to pay off, which seemed to happen until an inadvertent whistle in New England. The athleticism that Miles Jack showed, just to be able to run down uh, the runner, uh, he was literally on the other side of the field. He caught up to him. He uh, created a fumble. He was self-aware enough to stay away from him so he wasn't touched down, um, recovered the fumble, and was on his way to scoring, uh, perhaps not not knowing what may have happened had we gotten to the Super Bowl, but perhaps the most impactful touchdown in the history of the franchise. And when you look back on that, had that call been played, had that call been made the way it should have, um, this year, I believe, we would be recognizing that play as the as the biggest play in the history of the franchise. I mean, you you, you know, think about that. You go from an official who, unfortunately, and they're they're human too, but an error is made. But the consequences of that, you know, you know, we can talk about the Super Bowl and everything beyond that, and and and, and every team goes through this. Look at the the Saints this year. But that that play would have, I think, you know, you, you you would know better than better than than me. But that would have been the most that would have been the biggest play in the history of the franchise, just okay. like that. So, um, we've been we've been spending a lot of money investing, you know, in the in the business side of the Jaguar since Shad bought the team, investing in facilities, uh, but almost you know probably more importantly, investing in people, investing in products, all those types of things, and. Because there was a great opportunity to increase uh, 
you know, what, what I would describe as the revenue infrastructure of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, um, you know, that, that takes time, you know, redoing the clubs, redoing the stadium, um, removing seats, uh, creating new seating products, all those types of things you can't do overnight. So we, you know, we, we finished most of that work, and then we have 2017 happen. And, and, and the impact on our business, uh, particularly going from 17 to 18, uh, was really, really significant. And the reason it was so significant was a huge increase in terms of interest, of, uh, interest in the team. But also we had the revenue infrastructure in place to fully capitalize on that. Uh, and that, that led us into 2018. And as, you know, as we've talked about you know, uh, uh, most recently at the State of the Franchise, um, the – the seven highest individual ticket uh, uh, gates, the amount of ticket revenue that we collect on a game-by-game basis, the seven, seven highest in the history of the franchise all happened in 2018 as a result of interest in the club and also our being able to, uh, to take advantage of the, of the uh, revenue infrastructure that we've invested in built and also, quite honestly, you know, the opportunity to, uh, to sell through a price increase which has been difficult to do in this marketplace. So 17 was really, really important. Um, you know, 18, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, certain, I don't think anybody would describe it as anything other than a huge disappointment. Uh, but because of the investments we've made in the past and because of the residual impact of, of, of 2017, um, you know, this, 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 this year will be a very difficult year compared to 2018. Um, but it's going to be a year compared to prior years, uh, you know, that's, that's still okay. More perspectives following this from ViStar Credit Union. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Lamping has worked in the world of professional sports long enough to know how things work. His career began in one of America's great baseball towns, and it continues today in a city that loves football as much as St. Louis loves its game. To his way of thinking, time is the only variable for Jacksonville to be to football what his hometown is to baseball. Well, we, we need to start having consistent success on the field. I apologize for keeping on going back to St. Louis, but I'm born and raised here, and that's, that's what I know. One of, one, one of the reasons St. Louis is such a great baseball town is that it didn't, it didn't develop overnight. In fact, for a long time, St. Louis had two baseball teams and lost one of them. St. Louis Browns went on to become the Baltimore Orioles. But uh, St. Louis has, has had the Cardinals for well in excess of 100 years. But most importantly, from my perspective, um, they've, they've had uh, generational success, which means no matter what generation you are as a, as a St. Louis and as a St. Louis Cardinals fan, there, 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 were, there were teams that won World Series, and, that, and there were players that became Hall of Famers. If you grew up in St. Louis, you know, no matter what age you are, during, during your, your formative years, you came across a championship team and you came across some Hall of Fame players. 
And, you know, in, in order to do that, you need to have success on the field because you're not going to have success on the field without great players. So first and foremost, this franchise needs to win more frequently. Uh, in addition to that, we need to continue to get a little age on us. You know, we, you know, we still have, you know, uh, um, a relatively young uh, a franchise when you compare it to some of the more historic franchises. Uh, the fact that, you know, this is a bit of a transient town and so many people move here that are, that are really fortunate to move here, uh, but sometimes they bring their football uh, allegiances to, uh, with them. So there's no, no reason why, if, if, if we can have success, and we can become an even more uh, important part and an integral part of this community. I think this downtown development is really an important part of this. What we should aspire to is to become the Green Bay of the South. That's what we should aspire to. And, you know, people uh, look at Green Bay today, and they as- a lot of people assume it's always been that way. That's not the case. You know, there was, there was a period not that long ago where they, where they played close to half of their schedule, at uh, Milwaukee County Stadium in Milwaukee. They didn't even play all their games at, at uh, Lambeau Field. But now, you know, they're, they are the true definition of a regional franchise, a national franchise. And, uh, you know, the reason that occurred, there's, there's a lot of reasons why that happened. Uh, but one of, the, one of the key reasons is they had success. And they had success not every year, not, even not every uh, decade, but they had constant success up there. He wasn't sure if Jacksonville would be enough. And at times, he had to wonder if it might be too much. But he isn't backing down. And his confidence in the present and the future drives the franchise towards Khan's vision. This job is so different than what I had originally anticipated that it could have could have been. And I'm so thankful. And, it, and all the thanks goes to Shad uh, for having the, uh, the ambition uh, to take on a problem that not many people would have chosen to take on. The easiest thing in the world would have been for somebody to come in and just move the franchise to a bigger market. Are you kidding? Let me look. Look. In, in, in some respects, that, that's the thing that I think all of us are, are most proud of is that you, you, know, you go through a period that you know, was maybe as much as almost 24 months where you had active discussion, really active discussions about uh, team relocations and uh, who's going to go to Los Angeles? Is it going to be the Rams? Is it going to be the Chargers? Is it going to be the Raiders? And you go through that whole process, and the Jaguars were an afterthought. I'll guarantee you, if that same process had been going on before Shad bought the team and before the Jaguars would have been prominent in those discussions, does that mean does not mean that the team would have relocated? I'm not suggesting that, but I guarantee you they would have been prominent in those discussions in terms of what team's going to go to L.A. Okay, even even if there was no Nothing happening here that would have suggested that. The speculation would have been, because what, what, what people would have been speculating about is, let's look over the recent history of the Jaguars. Blacking out the games, tarps on the seats, um, uh, appealing to the community that if you don't buy tickets, then you may lose your football team. So, so all, things, all things considered, you know, I think uh, this community is blessed to have Shad Khan as the owner of their football team, uh, because he has staying power. Uh, and he also has high ambition, uh, and uh, you know, there's we've 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 made a tremendous amount of progress. We still have a long way to go, uh, but uh, you know, I can say with a thousand percent confidence, you know, our better days are ahead of us.